Welcome to Retro Rewind, Pinal Central's new sports-themed podcast, where we talk to former Pinal County athletes and discuss memorable moments in local sports history. This podcast is brought to you by Casa Grande Jewelry and Pawn. We have been nominated in the top three jewelry and pawn store in the greatest of the grande. We bring integrity, honesty, and quality customer service. We are a family-owned business and operate and treat our customers like family. Customer satisfaction is always our number one priority. Come in and visit our store and check out our amazing inventory on guns, jewelry, and so much more. You can also start your Christmas layaway now for only $5 down. We are located at 13 1326 North Pinal Avenue in Casa Grande. Our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Our phone number is 520-836-7774. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Retro Rewind. I am your host, Brian Wright, and I am joined by Maria Vasquez. And our guest today is Scott McEwen. And Scott actually wore many, many different hats at Casa Grande Union over the years, which I'm sure he's going to fill us in on. Uh, but uh, he was the varsity football coach for one year in 1990 and uh, was also athletic director for a short time. So, uh, first of all, Scott, uh, good morning, and uh, thanks for coming on the program. Brian, good morning to you. I love that introduction, that word, the next episode. That's a, that's a cool word to use. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, like I mentioned, you did a lot of different things uh, in your time at Casa Grande Union. Um, so let's just start with uh, football. And I know you mentioned to me that you had coached freshman football for a few years prior to – becoming the varsity head coach. So can you kind of uh, describe how that experience as the freshman coach led up to you taking over as the varsity coach in 1990? Okay. Well, uh, yes, I will. And I'll go into just a little, even a little more background. Um, It's kind of interesting, at least from my standpoint. I um, graduated from the University of Arizona. And... um, and I uh, was, was looking for a job, and Lauren Curtis, who was the superintendent of the Casa Grande High School then, a great, great superintendent, uh, was on campus, interviewed me, offered me a job. I'd never seen, been to Casa Grande before. I was just tickled to death to have a job. And um, took that job, and uh, later then, uh, late in the summer, came down and uh, and got ready to teach, and I went back over to Mr. Curtis's office, and I said, you know, I love sports. I've been involved in it um, uh, a lot, and I'd love to help coach at Cascade Union High School. <clears throat> and he said, well, I think we're probably all filled up by now, but go talk to Jack Smilsbury. He's the freshman football coach, and see if he needs any help. And I went over and talked to Jack, and uh, he said, well, I already have two assistants on the freshman team, but if you want to come on out and help out and be the third assistant on the freshman team, um, that would be that would be okay. And so he said, but there's no pay. And I say, that's fine. I understand that. So that was the very first start, and so I was the third assistant on the freshman football team with Jack Spilsbury as the head coach. And then uh, as basketball, and I'll divert just a little bit, and then I'll come back to football, and then I – Went ahead and um, and um, 
Um, uh, Jack was also the uh, varsity basketball coach and uh, been here for a lot of years. And, of course, the gymnasium, Cascadia Union High School gymnasium is named after him. And he said, you know what, would you like to help out with a freshman basketball? And I said, sure, I'd love it. And then Hugh Crawford, who was the varsity baseball coach at, uh, during that time, Hugh Crawford, Jack, um, Al Van Hazel, and and Mr. Spilsbury were the three long time. I mean, they had the football, the basketball, the baseball, and so Mr. Crawford said, would you like to come out and do the freshman baseball also? And, and I said, yeah. So for the first and the, the next year, I took over as the head freshman coach for all three sports and and did those for the next, I don't know, three or four years. And uh, <clears throat> and um, really, uh, really did like it. I, um, in fact, is I, as I have reflected, and especially as we get ready for this interview, Brian, I think probably – and I've worn a lot of different hats, and we'll mention those maybe in a little while. But maybe, maybe the most enjoyable um, job thing that I have done in all my years at Cascadia High School was coaching freshman football. I ab- absolutely loved it. Uh, the, the players came in, and boy, they were anxious and willing to learn. And, and frankly, we did really well in the in all the years. I look back quickly. We only lost three three games. In all the years, and they were really close scores uh, that I coached freshman football. And then we were playing guys, the Arcadias and Scottsdale's and Coronados and Chandler and Tempe and and Yuma and all the all the big schools. And so uh, we did really well, and I enjoyed that a lot. Now I just so, want to uh, say one thing because that that was a surprising answer to me. Is uh, pe- people who even know you well would they be surprised to hear that? That was the most enjoyable part of your time there, was coaching freshman football? You know, uh, since I've not told that to a lot of people, in fact, I don't know if I've told that. It may be a surprise to them, but but I I pulled out. I actually had some of my plays that I was diagramming way back then, offensive and defensive alignment for my freshman football team. And, uh, oh, I, I loved it. I mean, absolutely loved coaching freshman football. So, yeah, it was good. Okay, so um, I know I got you off your uh, your track there a little bit, but um, if we can kind of just uh, move to uh, you've been coaching for a little while now, and, uh, you know, eventually we, we come closer to, to 1990, and in, in addition to everything else on your plate, um, you know, you do step in as the, as the varsity head coach. So how did that all come together? Okay. Well, again, we'll back up just a little bit. I actually interviewed for the varsity football coach um, prior to me getting it and and did not get the job. Uh, Al Rex got it, and a a good friend of mine, and he was at the school, and Al played football over in Safford and then was on actually the state uh, or the national NAU um, championship football team. And uh, this, and I don't remember the year, but it was it was a number of years prior. It was closer to my coach in the freshman football, and I loved it. And so I said, you know, I'd like the interview, and I had a pretty good interview, but I didn't get it. A real blessing in disguise. I mean, a really a blessing as far as the timeliness, because then that uh, kind of solidified my uh, my thinking as far as going into the administrative 
uh, track and get going back and getting all of my my second master's degree in in administration and and I, and I went that direction. So uh, I didn't get it the first time. And then and then um, in 1990, uh, Ted Adams, <clears throat> excuse me, was the uh, superintendent. And uh, the position came open again, and and I interviewed it, and um, and um, and got the job, and um, and started um, uh, right there at that point. It was um, uh, it was really interesting because I, I I had no assistance. I went to Rod Purdom, who had been the varsity football coach uh, the year before. And Rod, it was a good friend, and Rod to this day is, is a really good friend of mine. And I said, Rod, would you be willing to stay on uh, and take the line, the offensive line and defensively? He said, well, um, it depends on who's going to be the head coach. And I said, well, I've just been um, uh, selected. And he said, well, okay, I'll do it. And, and I don't want to divert too much, but I really do want to say um, I owe. Uh, we had a pretty successful season um, overall, and, and a big share of that was because of Rod Purdom. I mean, he was the offensive line coach. He was the defensive line coach. He was a stabilizing factor, and uh, I just loved him to death because of all that he did. So that that is how that is how it all started, and I won't get in unless you ask me to. Then, then what took place of how we uh, prepared and in in our, our season, but that's how I became varsity football coach. You know, it's interesting that you actually had the, the previous head coach w- was on your staff. Uh, certainly, you guys had a personal relationship, which uh, which really helps. But w- was it at all difficult uh, for Rod to um, come back? Kind of, I don't know the circumstances as to why he was no longer the head coach, but, you know, was that at all difficult for him? You know, um, I, <clears throat> I understand what you're saying, and, and just human nature. I'm, I'm sure there was a, a little bit of, a, of a, a challenge there, but of all people in the world, Rod Purdom would, would never show that. <clears throat> and um, and boy, I gave him a lot of a lot of authority. I mean, he decided who was going to start on that offensive line, and he would always talk to me and who was going to start on that defensive line, and so. At any rate, if, it, if there were any uh, challenge to him, he never, ever exposed that. He was just a, a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I'll say one more thing about Rod, and I don't even hope if he hears this, I don't even get the big head too much because I'm talking about him so much, but he was super, super uh, safety-oriented, meaning that the safety of the players uh, always came first. And I learned a lot from him. Uh, he did not want um, the, the improper tackling or blocking techniques uh, that might injure a neck injury, for example. And uh, he was super, super cautious about that. And I, uh, I appreciated it then, and I have always appreciated it. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about the expectations of the program when you came in, because you mentioned you, you did have a successful year. Um, I believe your regular season record was 6-4-1. and one. And you qualified for the state playoffs. And making the state playoffs is something that hasn't happened a whole lot in, uh, with Casa Grande's football team in, in its history. Um, so where was the program at kind of when you became the head coach and, 
do you think you exceeded expectations with, um, you know, qualifying for the playoffs and having some success? Well, I guess I guess probably we exceeded some people's expectations. I did not exceed my expectations at all, period, uh, nor the teams. Uh, we expected. We expected. The fact is we were a little disappointed, to be honest with you. And, um, yeah, using, again, my good friend Ed Petruska this time, his statistics, and as he wrote the, the final story that year, um, he listed a lot of facts, and I dug those out, and he mentioned it was only the third time in the history of the school at that point that, it, that a team had gone to the playoffs. And, um, and so, um, you know, and it was only the fifth time in 29 years that averaged above 500. So, so I, so I guess the, the years before, uh, you know, it had been a little bit of a challenge. And, um, I don't, I think that me coming in with no varsity football experience, that there probably were a few eyebrows raised and including again, my good friend Ed, because his first few stories were a little bit, uh, just a little bit negative, but then he, he really, uh, really was supportive. And, um, and so we, we had a, and I will mention again on the expectations, the, um, uh, we had a meeting, uh, I and the play, <clears throat> the players, and, uh, and our goal was to play in Sun Devil Stadium, and we already, we had the date, I don't remember it obviously, uh, when the state, uh, 4A championship was, uh, gonna be played. But we would be in that game. And, <clears throat> and that was our, that was our goal. I mean, um, that was our goal. It wasn't just to have a, you know, a so-so season or a winning season. We really had that sincerely as our goal. And so obviously, you know, there was some disappointment at the end of the season, even though uh, it was, frankly, a, a pretty good. But, Brian, you know, I, I, would, I would like to mention here, since you raised the question um, about <clears throat> the status of the program before, I will speak at least up to that time and maybe a little after that I'm familiar mostly with the uh, the program. There there has not been a dearth of qualified, capable coaches at Casa Grande High School. Um, in fact, is as I just started jotting them down from memory, uh, we had people like Vern Freely, um, who coached at Casa Grande High School. Now, Vern Freely won the state championship down in Amphitheater High School. Um, <clears throat> of course, we had Stump Mitchell one year, and we know his background as a Cardinal player and, and coach on the Cardinals team for a lot of years. Uh, we all know the, the history of Al, of Al Van Hazel. Al Van Hazel, we know John Cashner, who went down, I think it was Floyd Wells, and, and he may have won a, um, either a conference or a state uh, championship, and uh, and so and and I pro and I hate to even list because I'm sure I'm missing a whole lot of really good good coaches. But what my point is, there have been some good coaches, and sometimes a good players can really make a good coach, and um, and and we've had good coaches. Sorry to divert on that. Oh no. Now, Scott, this was your only uh, year coaching varsity football, and you mentioned that freshman football was pretty much the highlight of your coaching career. So what was that one-year experience like for you from a coaching standpoint? Okay. <clears throat> Here's my experience is that um, we um, – 
And so I'll need to, I'll need to do a little groundwork on that question because it's a good one. And as soon as I was chosen and we, uh, uh, got our staff in place and I had, uh, of course, Rod Purdom and then, and then the interesting thing is, uh, he was the only one on staff, uh, Terry Haithley, uh, Bob Losick and, and Bill Osteen were my other assistants and we began immediately and we had a, a really good enthusiastic spring practice and a lot of players out. Uh, I think I remember that we ended the season with 60 varsity players. And, uh, sometimes, you know, in this day and time, well, a lot of, there's not the numbers, but we had at 60 players, a good, good spring practice. And then I got on the phone and, uh, quickly started searching around to, um, um, uh, passing leagues and I found a good one, uh, up in, um, Tempe and, uh, I, I'm sitting here trying to think who put that together, but I can't remember. But we got into that uh, very fortunately because it was late in the season. And, boy, we we took a couple of school vans up in those hot summer nights, and we played up in those stadiums around the valley all summer long. I mean, we went back and forth at least two times a week and and uh, at least and and uh, built some camaraderie among our team and uh, and and did a lot of passing. Of course, Jim Ross was our quarterback and a good one. And um, and we did that all summer long. And then near the end of the summer, I contacted ASU and arranged to get every single player on our team uh, to two uh, school buses full. And we drove up every single day to the uh, uh, ASU puts on a um, football camp for high school players. And we, so we took all of our players up to ASU, um, drove them up every day. And under some really good coaching up there, ASU coaches plus some top high school coaches, and um, and we did that, and it was a good experience. And so we were quickly trying to put together uh, not just the camaraderie but the skills, and so we did that, and and that helped out a, a great deal. So uh, <clears throat> along comes the season, and um, and this is where it got <laughs> really interesting. <clears throat> we ended up, we had an 11-game schedule. <clears throat> it was already in place before I took over. And um, uh, nine of those teams were ranked in the top uh, top ten in the state uh, uh, during the season. So we knew we had, and that was not preseason prediction. That was actual ranking. Uh, nine out of those 11 teams were ranked. Uh, in fact, it's all except Apache Junction and North were ranked, and they were a good teams. So we had a really uh, a competitive schedule, and we started off real good. We beat Mingus High School. Uh, we were fired up and uh, a very good team. Um, they did not lose again the rest of the season, and they were ranked like number two going into the uh, to the playoffs, uh, a very good team. And in fact, is that is the team that beat us in the um, in the playoffs, and we had to play them the second time. And they were really good. Uh, we beat them. Uh, the very next week, uh, Washington was ranked number two in the state. And uh, and as I read Ed Petruska's article and whatever else, all well, no one gave us a chance at all. I mean, uh, to go against the number two, and we went up and beat them. And it was a hot, hot night. And uh, and um, I remember Chris Trejo, um, who was our middle linebacker and our fullback, and he went both ways. And uh, he would just, I think he told me he lost something like nine pounds during that game. It was a really a hot, 
uh, night in early, uh, still in August. And, um, and so it, it was a big win. In fact, as Ed Petruski in his article had written, it was the, the, the biggest win in the last 10 years at the high school of over ranked team. The unfortunate thing, and I don't like to get into too many details, but it all fits the big picture, is we lost uh, um, a young man named Bloss Rodriguez. And he was an all-state uh, center. He was all-state tackle, defensive line. And uh, during the first middle of the first quarter, we lost him to a serious knee injury, never to return for, for the rest of the year. He was the anchor of our team. And so it was devastating, both from a physical and a moral standpoint, in all honesty. I mean, he stayed with the team and did the best he could. He never dressed out again. And so it was really a blow to us because then we were throwing three sophomores into the into our line, and um, and, and that was a challenge, and it, it was a little bit hard there. We then played Tolleson High School the next game, and they were ranked uh, like sixth or seventh in the state, and we beat them. Uh, beat him at home. Um, it was kind of a, a an interesting scenario that night. Um, it was a storm that came in, and there was lots of lightning. And um, the officials, the coaches huddled out there, and, and we had a we had a, a pretty decent lead at that point, at late in the second half. And, and I told them, oh, it, it just always just comes and goes. And right about that time, a big. <laughs> Thunderbolt, lightning bolt struck in the noise and everybody scattered and we had to go back to the dressing room and I was afraid they were going to call off the game and call it a no game and, and yet we came back out and, and ended up winning that, winning that game. It was interesting again, um, that, um, Al Van Hazel, who you, you, one of the, you know, the historical coaches in this Caspian High School, including track, um, he he drew, drew up after I probably after he retired what was called a K formation, and I'm not sure anybody even knows where I got that from. But I had um, Al Van Hazel help me with this offensive court, uh, formation called a K formation, and after that Ed Petruska would call it the special K offense every week that we ran it, and we implemented that along with the wing the wing T. And ran it a lot. And against Tolleson, they had never seen that before. They had never prepared for it before. And so we were able to beat a really good team by putting some uh, points on the board. That moved us to the fourth game of the season, and Douglas was undefeated. Uh, and they were ranked, uh, again, in the top ten, pretty high. And they came in 3-0, um, uh, and we were 3-0. and and, um, and we beat them uh, by two or three touchdowns. And um, and so at that point we had a 4-0 record and things were looking good and that's when I remember in the paper Ed Peduska said you know I was one of those doubters and it's time that we all jumped on the bandwagon and we give support and we had we had humongous crowds at the game at some games at home we had standing room only uh, because there was a lot of enthusiasm a lot a lot going on. In fact, is according to Ed again that the 4-0 was the best start for CG UHS in 32 years, and um, and so that was looking good at that point. Unfortunately, <laughs> things did not stay quite as um, quite as good as we had hoped. Um, after that, we lost um, we lost to Coronado, 
and Coronado was ranked really high, and they ended up being third in the state, I think, at the end of the season. They were undefeated when we went to play them, and a really good team. And they, it was the only team that we lost uh, um, by more than – anyway, it was two or three touchdowns we lost to them. And um, in fact is we lost uh, four games during the regular season. Three of those games – were by a total of of twelve points, and so and those and those three games um, went right down to the very right down to the very wire. A couple of them on a couple of controversial calls, and and Ed again is the one who <laughs> called attention to it and some things that happened, and uh, and uh, it was kind of hard. Uh, we could have won those games, and we would end up by math. We could have wound up wound up nine wins, one loss, and one tie. Uh, if those three games had gone the other way, so it was a little disappointing. But uh, but we played good ball, and that was that was what I was more interested in. Um, uh, and I think Ed even quoted me: "It's not just it's not just uh, the wins and losses, but it's how you play the game." And that's kind of a cliche, but it really was true. And we and we played well. Unfortunately, uh, we went up to um, we then lost um, at Tempe by a field goal in the very. A last seconds, and and we ended up losing some games right in the middle of the season. We came back, and um, we beat uh, uh, some more teams, and uh, and ended up in six four and one, and, and went to the playoffs. Because of that of that middle lapse in the season, uh, we we didn't have a real good pick, um, rightfully so, because we were at the bottom. Uh, getting in at that point, and so we had to play number one Mingus at that point. And Mingus was undefeated except for the first time that we beat him at home out of the first game. And so uh, we lost that. And, and only, the only loss uh, was, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, Coronado and uh, Mingus. Otherwise, the, the games were really close. So it was a it was a good season. It was a, a good season. Um, you know, a little bit disappointing, but it was a really a good season and a, a good experience. So of course, my first thought after you t- talk about this, uh, you know, very successful season, which was your your first season, is that what happened because you didn't come back uh, after that, and you. Uh, not not only did you not come back uh, the next year as the varsity head coach, but that that was it. It was just the one year. That was it. Um, <clears throat> here's how that scenario played out. Um, after the after the playoff games, and some of this is a little kind of miscellaneous, but it kind of then gets a more clear picture. Um, at the, uh, we were up at Mingus and, uh, because they had the home field advantage and they were ranked number one and, and we, and we lost. And, uh, and you're always disappointed no matter what. And we went in, went in expecting to win. But, uh, as I, two things happened as I walked across the field at the end of the game and it is tradition and you shake the other coach's hands and, and, and we did that. And, uh, then as I turned to walk uh, toward our, our end zone, well, I glanced down, and uh, I could see that we had a uh, – uh, the players were all um, in a, cir- a large circle having a team-initiated prayer on their own, uh, doing that. And, and um, as I got closer, I could kind of hear the, the the comments and the, the, the um, really good feeling and the, 
thankful for parents and coaches. And it, it was a really good, good experience. I mean, I felt really good about that. At that point, I would, I would never have resigned, period. I mean, that, that was just a, um, a real highlight. An hour later, so we went over to, um, um, the school because this was a big affair. I mean, the town came, we had a, a, a rally, uh, where the town came and, um, as we left that day to go up to the, the game, well, it was a big pep rally, uh, by the town and, uh, and, uh, the band went, the band, Cass Canyon High School band went to every single game because I kind of encouraged the band director, Bill Richardson, a hundred plus band, and they went to every game and we had a big following, a big following. At Arcadia, the game we lost, unfortunately, we had standing room only on our, on our side and the visitor side. And so, back at Mingus, an hour later, they had prepared a big meal and, and kind of we'd hope it'd be a victory meal at a nice restaurant. And as we walked in, uh, to the, uh, we had gone and showered and the team and the players all went into the, to the restaurant where there was a standing ovation and they, they, uh, and, and this was players and, uh, and coaches, I mean players and this was players, parents and cheerleaders and, uh, and, and a lot of townspeople. And so it was just a big, big occasion. And I thought, you know, this was really, um, this, this is really good. So at that point, I thought, you know, you know, that would, no, I, I would never, I would never leave that situation. In fact, is my daughter Carly was a, one of the cheerleaders and on the team, and so that was always fun. She was at, at all the games. But after the dust settled a little bit, I got to uh, contemplating somewhat. And um, at the time, I was an assistant principal, I was athletic director. And I was varsity football coach. And, and those that are around football know that football at that level, a varsity coach, it's really 12 months. I mean, it's 12 months out of the year and it's really intense. And you have to have a lot of energy. And I had a lot of energy, but I just got to thinking, okay, which direction am I going to go? Is my career going to be a varsity football coach? Because I love football and um, always have, and I still do. I'm still a Friday night junkie. Friday night lights junkie, um, football game Friday nights. And, um, but I decided uh, that I had to make a decision. And that, at that point, I went to Ted Adams, um, who had hired me and I felt really bad about it because it had been just one year before that he had enthusiastically uh, hired me and told him, you know, I think my uh, career path, uh, needs to stay with administration. And I, and I really can't, I, I really can't do both. And so he was gracious and he accepted and, um, and then we moved on from there. All right. So, so you, um, quit being the football coach. Did you remain the athletic director or did you, uh, just become the assistant principal after that? No, I was the athletic director for, um, and, and again, I, if I looked up, I could find the years. I, State as athletic director, I helped, and I'm embarrassed because now of all the coaches I've been naming off, I can't think. I I actually hired the next football coach to succeed me because I stayed on as the athletic director. And um, and I'll tell you what, and that's a good question. It, you know, when you're athletic director and varsity football coach, there are some um, there there's some interesting things that can and, and frankly did happen. When we were four and old, 
uh, one day um, I happened to over, and I was the athletic director. I happened to overhear a conversation among some players. I, it was not, not even a practice or where it was, and they were talking about one of our players. He was not a, he was not a, a first stringer, and uh, but he was on the team, and um, how he was uh, traveling uh, to, to um, from where he lived to get to, to school, and all of a sudden it dawned on me he lived outside our school district boundaries. And I, obviously I was, you know, I was devastated. Um, he didn't know, he didn't know that he was breaking any rule, but it is an AI rule. I mean, I, I don't know all the, the rules now, but you had to be in, in the district boundaries and he was not. And so, and no one, no one, be, and he didn't even know he was breaking a rule. The players, no one else knew it, but I knew it. And I thought, wow. And so it was a, it was a challenging thing, but I called the, <clears throat> the coaches together and I said, you know, we got to report this. And um, so we, we called the AIA and told them the circumstances and they, of course, they do their thing and have to have meetings and, and whatever else at all. And, and again, you know, that would have been forfeiture of the first four games of the season. And, um, and, and I'll make it really short after going through some, some things that happened. Fortunately, they, they ruled in our favor. I say in our favor, we weren't trying to, we were presenting the case. We did not have to forfeit those four games. And I felt badly for the young man. He was declared ineligible, but he was an underclassman and he, he uh, was not able to play with the team the rest of the year. Uh, however, um, being athletic director and the football coach, there were some situations like that. So, Scott, as we uh, wrap things up today, is there anything else that you would like to mention? Well, you know, um, um, yeah, yeah, yes, I, will, I would just mention two or three things. I, um, uh, I was fortunate at Cascan High School I, when I came uh, as a teacher and, um, and decided to go into administration. I became uh, – uh, then got my administrative certificate and, and became dean of students, and I became assistant principal, and I became principal, and then I became uh, a, a superintendent. There was a 10-year span that I went into business with my two brothers-in-law, Trejo Oil Company. And during that time, I ran and got on the board, and so I was on the board of governors. So I was able to be, you know, wear a lot of different hats, and uh, and, and and for 28 years, I, I was at Castrogan High School in some, with some responsibility. Another 14 years, I was on the uh, on the uh, graduation stand, uh, handing out diplomas, and that was really, really a neat and um, neat experience. I guess I would say a reference sports specifically. Um, back then, back then, uh, there were large crowds that attended the games. And it wasn't just football. It was basketball, but I'm obviously focused uh, on football. But we had, we had really big crowds, really, um, really big followings. And, um, and that was just a neat, neat experience. I don't know, you know, what, um, um, you know, what to, uh, to attribute that to, but, um, but it was, um, it, it was really a neat thing. 
And then uh, I, I, I will say this in kind of a half-joking way, football is miniature life. It, it really is. If those that have played it, coached it, been around, football is miniature life. And so I am a strong advocate of the benefits of, of a young man playing football. I, I understand the injury aspect. I know all that. But I tell you, it really is. And even for me, it prepared me to become superintendent of Cascan High School. I, I really believe that because it taught me a lot of things and it went through a lot of things. And as superintendent, you deal with a lot of things. And so it was extremely beneficial. And so I just, I think it was a really a, a real opportunity for me. And I feel blessed um, that I had that, um, that I had those experiences. Well, we appreciate your perspective on that. And, uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Retro Rewind, and I want to thank our guest, uh, Scott McEwen, again uh, for coming on the program. Thank you, Scott. This podcast is brought to you by Casa Grande Jewelry and Pawn. We have been nominated in the top three jewelry and pawn store in the greatest of the grande. We bring integrity, honesty, and quality customer service. We are a family-owned business and operate and treat our customers like family. Customer satisfaction is always our number one priority. Come in and visit our store and check out our amazing inventory on guns, jewelry, and so much more. You can also start your Christmas layaway now for only $5 down. We are located at 13 1326 North Pinal Avenue in Casa Grande. Our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Our phone number is 520-836-7774. There you go. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening to Pinal Central's Retro Rewind Podcast. Remember to go to PinalCentral.com and our Facebook page to access future podcasts. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite streaming services. We will catch you next time.